0: open the flood dates of heaven. Hello, this is Reverend Eriki I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. Please let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to be in your presence. We ask that Let the entrance of your word bring wisdom, bring knowledge, bring understanding, even to the simple. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you are taking notes, um, my title this morning is, Your Location Matters. Turn to somebody and tell the person, Your Location Matters. Tell another person again, Location Matters. Through our scripture, the concept of location or the idea of location is of a paramount importance to God. Even though God is a a ubiquitous God, let's learn a new word today. Even though he's a, a ubiquitous God, simply means he's present everywhere simply means he's omniscient. But that same God who is ubiquitous also places emphasis on specific location. Yeah. He's everywhere, but he puts weight and premium on location. That is why he will instruct Abram in Genesis, the chapter number 12, verse 1. That get out of your country. It was an instruction. It was not advice. You don't give somebody advice by saying, get out. It's an instruction. It's like, get out of your country. Out of your, fa- out of your family and out of your father's house. To a land, I will show you. To a land, I will show you. Specific location. And then he ties it with the seven Abrahamic blessings. He said, I will make you a great nation and you, I will bless you. I will make you a great name and you will be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you. And so through you. The families of the earth shall be blessed. So we can, we can, we can deduce from this scripture that Abraham's and greatness and blessings were tied to his obedience to be at a specific location. Not just everywhere. God could have done that with him in the land of Mesopotamia. That's where he, came, that's where he comes from. Or he came from. But God said that, I am taking you to a particular place. It is that place. That location. That is why all these sevenfold blessings and greatness I have conferred on you will come to pass. So, and if, if, even if you check, even the sevenfold blessings, the first one was location. He said, I will make you a great nation. Out of the seven, I will make you a great nation. Talking about location. So, location, people of God, is so crucial. It's so significant if you are going to fulfill your prophetic destiny, if you are going to fulfill your purpose. The Bible says the anchor scripture for this year is Genesis, the chapter number one, verse one, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. location. Heavens, location, Earth, location. And he comes back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And said, "And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. And he moves to verse 28 and he says that, and the Lord God blessed them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, fill the earth and subdue it. And he said, let them have, and have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the earth, and said, Over the cattle, over every creeping thing. But God didn't stop there because He knew that all these blessings are futile if there's no location. And now God moved to Genesis, the chapter number two, verse eight, and the Bible says, And the Lord God planted a garden, his word, in Eden, and put the man he has formed there. the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. So when you come to even Eden, you will not find Adam anywhere. You will only find him at the eastward of, garden, of, of Eden. Because that is where he will manifest his prophetic destiny. That is where God has earmarked the, his purpose to be manifested. There. Please give me the scripture. There, there. Tell somebody there. There is a day for the manifestation of your purpose. There is a day for the manifestation of your prophetic destiny. There is a day for the manifestation of the will of God. For your life, for your destiny, for your ministry, and everything that concerns you. Tell somebody there. There is a day for you. There is a day for me. You must trust God to have the revelation of your day. Please give me Psalm 11, 113. Psalm one some one three three, Psalm one three three, verse one to three. It says that the songs are okay. Let's behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Please move on it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment verse 3 that's my emphasis it is like the dew of hermon descending upon the mountains of zion for there the lord has commanded the blessing life everlasting There is a day. That's where God has commanded his blessing. There is a day for your breakthrough. There is a day for your blessing. There is a day for your favor. Tell somebody there is a day. For your next level. There is a day for your blessing. And for your flourishing. So ladies and gentlemen. Like I said. You must trust God. To have a revelation of your day. When you have a revelation of your day, you will fight to be there. When you have a revelation of your day, you will fight to stay there. When you have a revelation of your day, you will not threaten to live there. You're not threatening to live there because that day needs you more than that, that, that you need a day. I hope I'm making sense. It is important it is important it is important the god of generality is also the god of specificity not specific the god of, i'm not i'm saying that the god of specific yes today we will juggle yeah so the god myself i practiced it for a long time the god of specificity the God of exact location. The God of exact location. So when you find your are there, that there God, has, that is your ecosystem. It has the ecosystem, it, it has the climate, it has the technology to be able to incubate that which is in you. Uh, Pastor keeps on using that word. Ecosystem. It means that everything, everything that you need, every ingredient that you need to manifest destiny, to manifest your prophetic destiny, to manifest your purpose, that God has placed in your day. And if you are not there, you are shortchanging destiny. If you are not there, you are robbing the fulfillment of your destiny. But that shall not be your story. I said, that shall not be your story. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the son of the living God. So you must know. You must know. Know the soil meant for your assignment. Know your soil. Know the soil. The reason why we cannot harvest cocoa in the savannah region, because the soil there is not meant for, for a cocoa plantation. You must know your soil. And when you know your soil, be planted in your soil. Tell somebody to be planted in your soil. Locate your soil and be planted in your soil. Somebody will ask, how do I get located? How do I get my location? How do I get to know my location? And how how do I get to be located? It is important that you get located. And if you don't know, you must ask God for it. You must trust God for it. Please let's look at the Psalm 92, verse number 13. Psalm 92, Psalm 92 verse 13. Psalm 9 to 2, um, from the verse 10 to 15, um, the psalmist is using imagery, is using a a figure of speech, um, using the believer, uh, the child of God, and saying that the child of God is like a tree. You are not a tree, but I say we are like a tree. And he says that as a tree, you must be planted. And he goes on to talk about where we must be planted. You, are, you cannot just be planted. He's telling us where we must be planted. So they verse stated, those who are planted, that is the believer, that's the child of God. That is the righteous one. Who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those who are planted in the house of our Lord shall flourish in the courts of our god let's give this scripture a legitimate backing with this proof test in also psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 about the righteous being like a tree be like a seed blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. Verse 3. That's where my emphasis is. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit, its fruits in its season, whose leaf, also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper whatever he does shall prosper whatever he does shall prosper i've come to prophesy to you that whatever you do shall prosper whatever your hand touches shall prosper whatever you initiate shall prosper in the name of jesus the hebrew meaning or definition of of, of prosper is not about finance the Hebrew definition of prosper means that you will succeed. So you succeed in your finances, you will succeed in your relationship, you succeed in your business, you will succeed in your health. All around success. That is your portion. That is your portion. So it is clear, it is clear from these two texts that the righteous cannot just be planted anywhere. In fact, in fact, in fact if you look at even the... The, the, the two verses. It says that when the righteous is planted in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the house of God, he shall flourish in the court of our God. So when you are planted, it says you will flourish. It says that when you are planted by the rivers of water, you say you shall bring forth your, your fruit in in good what in season. And it says you shall prosper. You shall prosper. It tells us that God's blessings, or part of God's blessings to us, look is, is, is tied to where we are planted. You're asking for God, I need this blessing, I need that blessing. Check your location. And check your heart to the connection of that location. In fact, you cannot just, you be planted by the rivers of water. Thank God for that. But it goes in the chapter 20, uh, 92, uh, 92, of verse 13 of psalms it says that you must be planted in the house of our god how can we be planted and where should we be planted it is clear in the scripture that number one we must be planted in christ tell somebody to be planted in christ you must be planted in christ you must be planted in christ Christ. Christ is the altar and the finisher of our faith. It starts with him and it ends with him. And therefore, we must make every effort, every conscious effort to be planted in him. We must be firmly and completely rooted in Christ Jesus. And not A half hearted routine, not half hearted planting, not a superficial planting, but it must be a deep seated conviction in your heart that you have Christ. And it all starts by receiving God's gift of salvation to mankind, to humankind. Through the suffering, through the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a gift. And the moment you accept that gift, you are planting yourself in Christ. Tell somebody, plant yourself in Christ. Let us not have one one foot here in the world, one foot here in the Christ. No, that's a half-hearted one. We must have our feet planted. Tell somebody, let your feet be planted in Christ and Christ alone. You must be planted. Like I said, it's a deep-seated conviction. You must be absolute about it. That Christ is your, is your, is your Lord and personal Savior. And there is no turning back. When you, are, you take that decision, when you accept that decision, there is no turning back. Rain or shine. sink or swim. You are planted in him. Good or bad. Whether in the valley or on the mountaintop. You are, you are rooted in him. Colossians the chapter number 3. Verse 6 to 7. Therefore, just as you have received... Jesus, Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksfulness, and overflowing with thankfulness. People of God, if we are going to flourish, if you are going to prosper, if you are going to fulfill our prophetic destinies, we must be planted in Christ. He's the source of everything. He's the source of that which you are looking for. I don't know which you are looking for. I don't know which, which is eluding you. But as long as you are planted in him. And you are bred. That which you are looking for. Shall come to pass. I say it shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus. He told Peter. they said follow me. And I will make you. If you are planted in him. He will make you. May the Lord make you in Jesus' name. So, it is good to be planted in Christ. But it is not adequate enough. It is not adequate enough. It's not adequate. Because the Bible, scripture we read in Psalm 92 says that we must be planted also in the in house. Those who are planted in the house of God. So, it is not enough to be planted in Christ. You must also be planted in the church. So, tell somebody be planted in the church. Amen. Number one, be planted in Christ. Number two, be planted in the church. It is very important. It is important. After we have been rooted or planted in Christ, it is important to appreciate that we are not celestial beings. Yeah. We don't live in heaven, yet. We are not celestial beings. We are human and earthly beings. And therefore, when we accept Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we must also begin to look out for community of believers so that we fellowship together, so that we believe together, so that we study together, so that we grow together, so that we age together, so that we serve together, and so that we will pass it on to the next generation together. That is the importance of the church. That is the significance of the church. So you cannot be a believer and not have a place called church. I question that, I question that a doctrine of Christianity. I question it. Because it is not scripture it cannot be scripture. We receive Christ individually. We receive Christ individu- individually. But like I said, we look out for, we seek for community of other believers so that we can fellowship with them. I, I, can't, I can't imagine part of my life or even my entire life not meeting people like you. Tell somebody that I can't imagine not meeting somebody as you yeah 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 because because in fact in fact even in fact, in fact, even the downside or the other side of your life has even taught me something huh? I, I can't imagine so looking out for other believers and and that is and that's why. The church is a place of divine appointment for believers, for fellowship, for kononea. The Greek word for fellowship is what? Kononea. It's a what? It's a fellowship with God and also fellowship with other believers. It's a partnership. It's a collaboration. What you don't have, I have. What you have, I don't have. And when we come, it rubs on each other. makes us better. It makes us grow. That's why you must be planted in the house of our God. I concede. I acknowledge that it's not a perfect place. Why is it not a perfect place? It is not a perfect place because of you. It is not a perfect place because of me. It is a human institution. But people of God However however imperfect the church is, it is still the best place for you and for me. I say it is the best place for you and for me. It is the best place. Tell somebody it's the best place. It is the best place. It is the best place and I recommend it any day. I recommend it anytime. It is the best place. It is the best place. Hebrews, the chapter number 10, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembly of others, our, of uh, ourselves together, as it is the matter of some. Let me take it again. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as it is the, is the manner of some, but exalting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching but i like this particular trans, uh, translation of version that's the new century version it says that you should not stay from you should not stay away from church meetings as some are doing but you should meet together and encourage one each other do this even more as you see the day coming yeah that's the new that's the new that that's the new um, uh, uh, century translation you should not stay away from the church from the church meetings as some are doing but you should meet together and encourage the encouragement there is edification it's exaltation each other do this Even as you see the day coming, the day simply means that the day that will be raptured, the day that Christ will come. Please turn to somebody. Please turn to somebody. Don't stay away from the church. Don't stay away from the meetings of the church. So says scripture. Don't stay away. Don't stay away at all. Don't stay away. Don't stay away. Don't stay away. When you find you're there where the God of uh, the Word of God is. When you find you're there where the Holy Spirit is. When you find you're there where Christ is glorified and dignified, please locate yourself there. Locate yourself there. Locate yourself there. Locate yourself there. And plant yourself there. And if you already planted, serve the house. Serve the church. And serve God faithfully and gladly. Serve him faithfully and with gladness. And let me say this. Don't let another person take your place. Don't let another person take your place. Acts chapter 1, verse 20. Acts chapter 1, verse 20. Acts chapter 1, verse 20 is after Christ had ascended and uh, Peter and the apostles had come back to the upper room. And uh, they noticed that there there was a shortfall, 12 apostles, but they are now 11. And they are now looking for a replacement. They are looking for a replacement. In Acts chapter 1, verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, In fact, Peter is quoting Psalm 109, verse 8. Peter is quoting Psalm 109, verse 8. Let his dwelling place be desolate. Let no one live in it. And let another take his office. Let another take his office. Church, when you find your day, let no another take your day. Let no another rob you from your day. Let not. Let not. Let not. And people of God, the enemy can use others, okay, to take you from your day, to take your place, to take your position. The enemy can use others, the enemy can use offense. And pastor, I mean, pastor didn't call me when I was going through these hard times. Therefore, I've stopped church. The way the Asha spoke to me, I don't like it. I've stopped church. Offense, robbing you of your day, Taking you from your office. Taking you from your place. And let me say this, which is the most important one. The enemy can rob you and take you out of your office and out of your your position. Using you. Oh, yes. The enemy can use you. He can use you. Don't look out. Majority of the time, don't look out for somebody. Sabotaging you're there. It is you. Sometimes your emotions. Your emotions. The enemy can use your emotions to sabotage you where you are. Anger. Let no one take your place. Take your office. When you locate, you're there. Tell somebody, keep your feet. Tell somebody, please. Keep your feet in the house of God. Keep your feet in the centers of faith. Keep your feet in the house of God. Keep your feet in the centers of faith. ICGC, Open Heaven's Temple, is a center of it. Where the God, the Word of God is. Where the Word of God is taught. Where the Holy Spirit manifests itself. Where the power of God is evident. Where Jesus is glorified. It's a center of it. And when you find a place as this, you plant yourself. And you trust God that your root will go even deeper than nothing. Not even the storms of life can root you out or can uproot you. Let me add this one. About somebody taking your place. Indifference. 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 Indifference simply means that it, it is about them. It's not about me. Uh, it is for them. It's not for me. uh, Conference, this upcoming conference. Okay, it's Pastor Eric who has invited his speakers. And perhaps let's add uh, the church workers. It is for them. So you are staying away from it. You are being taken away from your place. The enemy will do everything possible to fight you in your garden of Eden. He will do everything. He will use your emotion, use anger, use offense, use people to take you out of your Eden. I believe strongly that Adam did not have a revelation of where he was. That's why he allowed himself to be robbed. Because the consequences of what happened, nobody would like it. Nobody liked it. And the next one, which is the last point. So, we should be planted in Christ, planted in the church. And the last one is that you must be committed to your personal growth. Tell somebody, be, permit, be, 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 committed. be committed. You must be committed to your personal growth. You must be permit, uh, 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 committed to your pe- uh, personal growth. Pastor will bring us the word of God Sunday after Sunday. Other people he designate will also bring us a word Sunday after Sunday. But please, your growth, your Christian maturity... You must be interested in it than anybody else. You must be interested. You must be interested in your Christian maturity. It is a year of our God. You must have the desire to know God, the desire to know His person, the desire to know His presence, the desire to know His power. That's where we mature, that's where we grow. And when we come to that point, we don't need—we don't need anybody. We, we don't need to be fed, but some strange akwanchere. No, 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 no. We don't. We don't. Because you know God for yourself. When the akwanchere comes and it's not scriptural, when the akwanchere comes and it's not biblical, when the akwanchere comes and it's so Christ-centered, you know God for yourself, and you are able to judge it so that you don't swallow it hook, line, sinker because we don't know God for ourselves others have contaminated us and let me say this Christian maturity or maturity or personal growth must be holistic it must be all around mentally we must grow physically we must grow and socially we must grow emotionally we must grow yeah, you know what i'm talking about you can meet somebody who is so joshua who has christ who who has the word of god but is emotionally unstable emotionally imbalanced you are not all around. That's a lopsided maturity. That's a lopsided growth. But most importantly, we must grow spiritually. Ephesians chapter number 4, 13 to 15, describes spiritual maturity as being built up. the verse 13. Till we, all, till we all come to the unity of faith, of the faith, And of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children. Tossed to and fro. And carried about. With every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men. In the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. 15 are speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. The maturing Christian I will not use the word mature because we are all maturing. It's a process. The maturing Christian or Christians are those who live whose lives are marked by stability. One sign I will know that you are a maturing Christian is that you are stable. You are not hopping from one place. It's like it's like a, 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 you have become a, a nomadic Christian. You have become a nomadic Christian. The nomads. The nomads. Have their tents at their back. Any way they get to, and they feel fine, they settle there. After a point, when all is not well, they just, uh, 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 they just collapse their, their tent, and they move on to another place. That's nomadic Christianity. The maturing Christian is stable. It's planted. It's unmovable. It's changeless. It's unchangeable. That's a maturing Christian. A maturing Christian is not looking for soft Christianity. We have been told that COVID is over. And online is a place, it's an emergency place. But for the past two, three years, we are in person, you are still on, on you are still online. That's soft Christianity. Sorry to say this. If you are unwell, you go online and you are unable to come to church. You are out of town, you are unable to come to church. You connect online. Online is meant for people like this, and not you who says you are planted in the house, always online. That's soft Christianity. Not a maturing one. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me wrap up with this one. A maturing Christian will not pick and choose church services or events to attend. Yes. A maturing Christian will not pick and choose Church services or events to attend. A maturing Christian will not consider coming to church as a burden or as a border. A maturing Christian will not stop church because a pastor or a member offended them or encountered momentary life affliction. We all encounter problems, we all encounter difficulties, vicissitudes of life. But Paul says that even that one, he said there are lies, light affliction. Because the glory that is coming cannot be compared to what you are encountering now. Therefore, when you have a problem, when you have a difficulty, it is not the place to say I've stopped church. That's not a sign of maturity. A maturing Christian will not conveniently skip church services or programs and be cool. A maturing Christian will not come to church to satisfy their religious conscience. Because when we are about to share the benediction, somebody will walk in. Because at all costs, they must be in church to say that I have been in church. When the worship is over, when the word is over, when the prayer is over, because you must satisfy your religious conscience. But a maturing Christian does not do that. A maturing Christian will not team up with others or will not team up with the world to ridicule their faith, to ridicule the church and members of the church. Some, you know how sometimes people trish, throw shades at the church? Or me, this, when they, this, this titan thing. Yeah, but we, know, we have been told to. You know, and you allow it. The fact that you didn't put up a defense, the fact that you didn't say anything, you are part of them. A maturing Christian... Is driven by conviction and not by convenience, that is why you drive miles and distances away from this church and be in church every Sunday and be in church and be in every program. That's a sign, that's a mark of a maturing Christian. A maturing Christian will see the success and the growth of the church as a collective and as a shared responsibility, not just for the pastor not just for the leaders. A maturing Christian will contribute their time, will contribute their talent, will contribute their treasure to the growth of the church, to the success of the church. They will contribute their time, they will contribute their talent, they will contribute their treasure to the body of Christ. That is the mark of a maturing Christian. I want to ask this question. Do we want to see something more glorious in this house, after how far God has brought us. Ask somebody, do you want to see something more glorious? Ask another person, do you want to see something more glorious? It is possible. It is possible. It it, it, it is possible. It is possible. If you have seen any world-class, whatever, cutting-edge ministry or church, anywhere, and you aspire O.P. OP Heavens to be there. It is possible. It is possible because when you get your feet planted in the house, when you get your heart planted in the house, when you get your soul planted in the house, and when you get your mind planted in the house, it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. And like I established earlier, people of God, there is a there for you there's a day for me when you know you're there in fact when I hear people that I want to I will leave church because of this person you want to leave church you want to leave your day because of somebody you have no revelation let me not say even revelation you have no understanding and illumination of what your day entails and I pray for you I pray for myself that God will establish us in our day God will plant us in Christ god will plant us in the church and will be committed to the growth of the church to the glory of god thank you so very much for your audience and god bless you and god bless you and god bless you and god bless you and god bless you, god bless you. please rise up please rise up please rise up we want to pray this morning in the next few few minutes you want to pray that father plant my feet in christ Father, plant my feet in Christ and plant my feet in your house. Plant my feet in Christ. Plant my feet in Christ. Plant my feet in, the, in your house. Plant my feet in the church in the name of Jesus. Some of us are unsure. Ask God. Rededicate your life. Rededicate your Christianity to God this morning. Come before you. Ask him, the Father. Plant my feet. Plant my feet. Plant my feet in Christ. And Christ alone, plant my feet in your house for those who are planted in the house of our God they shall flourish in the cause of our God. Be planted, ask God to plant you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And he says that when we are planted, we'll flourish, we'll prosper. Ask God, the Father. Prosper my cause. Prosper my destiny. Prosper your will for my life. Let me succeed in every way. As I'm planted in Christ. As I'm planted in the church. Lift up your voice. Pray for yourself. Ask God to help you to prosper and flourish in all your endeavors. In all your endeavors. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so father we thank you this morning we thank you for your word we thank you that by your word we shall be established by this word we shall be planted planted in christ planted in your house and we shall be committed to our growth in the name of jesus